This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're doing our eighth annual summer movie gamble. I cannot wait to hear your numbers. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then, like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is something completely different. This is our eighth annual summer movie gamble episode, where we will be going over our picks for what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films of the summer at the domestic box office. Abe and I are joined by a number of guests that I'll get to in a second, and we also have participants from many other frequent guests on the show. There are a total of 17 participants, including Abe and I, Abe and I this year for the Summer Sheesh. Gamble. Uh-huh. So, uh, get ready, because <laughs> we're going to have, we're about to have a lot of debates about what we think are going to be the big, the big movies of the summer, uh, depending on where we put them all in our lists. And uh, joining Abe and I for said debates, we have, from Fast Film Reviews, King of the Lions, it's Mark Oban. Hi, everyone. From Forbes, he's telling scary stories to angry birds. It's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Always a pleasure. And from the young folks, he's the rocket man on, in on the hustle. It's Jose Cordova. Woohoo! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> La- the seventh annual summer movie gambles champion, Jose Cordova. That's what I meant to say. Wow. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. how are all three of you doing tonight? I'm Very doing well. well. Good. Good to be back. Good, yeah, no, good to have, good to have all. Good to have you guys. Yeah, Jose, it's and been a champions. <laughs> but yeah, I think skyscraper. Maybe, yeah, because I mean, feels, feels about right. We make sure to, you know, we have so many guests in our stable. We we try to make you get make sure to get you on for our Dwayne Johnson, our Dwayne the D Asylum the Rock Johnson episodes on, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we're able to fit you in. I should have got you on for Shazam since he executive produced that movie. That kind of counts, but you know, <laughs> we'll do what we can. We got a Hobbs and Shaw coming in. Uh, in August, exactly. you'll be on that one for sure. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, good to have you here, Scott. Good to have you back as well. The, Indeed. Uh, the the box office analyst of Forbes t- t- tried to put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> There's money. <laughs> <laughs> money to be won by many greedy studios. I'm sure about that. That makes sense. Right? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and of course, our fiercest competitor, Mark Hoban, is with us as well. Oh, it's good to be here. Am I correct that we have three actual winners on the podcast throughout the years? Have you won? Uh, yeah. I, I, won. yeah. I won like the second you year, I, I believe. I was messing with yeah. you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was yes. like, Happy you're you. Fire on the summer podcast. It, I got it, you, Mark. It was quite a long time ago, so it, it's it was back in the the mist of time. But I did win once. Yes, the three it, guests that we have with Abe and I today are all me, are all past winners of the summer gamble. Abe and I never winners of the summer gamble. But, but we're I, not last. I'm not last. I forget about you. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've never had it last. <laughs> I would I would be proud of that fact. It's probably true. It's a you know Alan, <laughs> you know every now and then. <laughs> Jose, I think you might have come in last once too, but you've redeemed yourself clearly, so you know it worked out. Um, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Let's we're gonna get into this. So basically, what I'm gonna do, we're gonna th- we're going to go over all of the picks that we have for our top ten, and the way we're gonna do it this year is by going through the calendar for summer movie releases to give the to give you the listener basically something of a summer preview, so you can know what to expect this summer, because this is, of course, the one place that you get summer movie news, the Out Now with Aaron and A podcast. So. 
It's the only place. Yeah. So we're going to go through these movies. Every now and then we're going to come across one that's probably going to be on most of our lists, so we'll stop and add a little discussion about that. But, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, see. we'll just see where everything lands. So let's just let's start it right up here, um, and I'll make sure to check on the other lists that we have as well, because I have just just going through this. We have me, Abe, Adam, Gentry, Alan Aguilera, Brandon Peters, Jay Cluett, uh, Jordan Grout, Jose and Mark, you guys are here, Marcus Robinson, Maxwell Haddon, Peter Paris, Philip Price, Scott, Terrence Johnson, Yancey Burns, and Zachy Hazan. So yeah, we got we got right. a lot of people to cover. God. But it uh I'll be sure to keep Crowded it field this. this year. I know. Crowded field indeed. Uh but we're gonna do through it all right now. Let's start with the first movie. Avengers Endgame, opening mere um. days from now. <laughs> um <laughs> I so we all everybody has this on their list. Everybody has this at number one, unless one of you three have a surprise for me right now. <laughs> I'm happy to say no surprise. <laughs> I didn't think so. So I don't know how much we need to really say about this. Avengers Endgame, we're all pretty confident it's going to be the biggest grossing film of the summer. Anything to add to that? Not really. Uh, no. Really? Barring a miracle, the only thing that might, might, you know, uh, uh, challenge it is The Lion King. Which and I'm... that's a big might. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see Men in Black International putting up a comparative fight. Mm. Um, what, did, uh, what did Infinity War do? Uh, 678. 678. If this one drops at least as about as much as Hunger Games Unlocking J Part Two, which Ooh. is not likely, but it's a good a comparison as any. It will still do five five eighty. And I, I know we don't predict box office, but on this, but what do you guys think? More or less than uh, Avengers Infinity War? I, I want to say a little more. I, I'm going to say more. I'll say seven hundred million is just sort of a Ooh. rough estimate. All right, I like it. I would say slightly less for two reasons. A, there are going to be people that only care about the film to see what happens at the end. And once they have those answers, they're not going to see the movie a gajillion times. Second of all, um, there's more competition. I mean, after May 10th, when Pikachu rolls into town, there's a big movie, relatively speaking, uh, every week between... uh, March, May 10th, and June 21st. Is that not the case last year of Infinity War, where there's not a big movie every week for uh, a good while? They had three weeks to themselves, or three weekends to themselves instead of two. Sheesh. Deadpool was uh, May 17th ish, yeah, whatever. The week, before, that week, the week before Memorial Day weekend, yeah. And this and Memorial Day, yeah, Solo did well domestically, but it was basically ignored overseas. And it was it was just comparatively a little bit quieter. I don't want to keep this going just because we all yeah. have this predicted at number one. We have a lot of movies to go through. I'll just add, I mean, if you're, th- if you're thinking people just want answers, then leave. I mean, Infinity War ends on a very bleak cliffhanger, and people yes. kept wanting to see that. This will presumably be happier. Yes. Oh, no. It's, 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 it's Again, I don't think it's going to do significantly less. It might do a little bit more, but I don't think we're looking like 800 million or something like that. Yeah. Nor do I think it's going to top Avatar globally, as I hear a lot of people arguing yeah, uh, it, it seems less likely, especially just because of the legs and the movies yeah. that are, you know, the, the constant yeah. barrage of movies that are coming out afterwards. But regardless, the, I mean, yeah. Endgame, it's going to be number one. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. It'll be uh, huge. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, the next film on this list, uh, coming up May 3rd, uh, we have Ugly Dolls. I was going to pass this up completely, but Jay, <laughs> um, has, Jay has this at number 10. on uh, Strong Beliefs. Uh, strong Beliefs and Ugly Dolls. 
uh, what studio is this? Like STX or Lionsgate? What, what? STX. It's yeah. STX. This would have to be the biggest grossing STX movie of all time, right? I believe so. Yeah. What's their highest? Like six Bad or Moms something? Of one. Oh, yeah, Bad Moms. Two? Okay. All right. Uh, well, good luck to Jay. Number 10 like slot Jay. for him Ugly Dolls. <laughs> um, I don't think I see it anywhere else on here unless. I got two. I got a couple lists. I have. I got two lists I haven't got yet. So unless they surprise me with another Ugly Dolls pick, I'm pretty sure that's the end of the talk that we need to have about Ugly Dolls. But Jay is confident in it, so we'll see what happens. Um, next up, this gets a little tougher. Uh, actually, first off, I'll mention The Hustle. Uh, that's May 10th. I don't think anyone has The Hustle on their list, especially since Detective Pikachu also opens uh, May 10th. Right. Uh, yeah. So let's get to this, because I think this is one of the more perplexing picks to, to, to field. Yes. Here. I'm presuming all of us have Detective Pikachu somewhere on our list. Somewhere, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll sit. Where's where's my list? I don't, actually. No. Really? Not at all. We got to start with you. Yeah, I just thinking gonna, on it. Yeah, so I was going to say last year, I, I don't know how I ended up winning, because I think I won based on <laughs> nothing but gut feeling. And, and this year I tried to do research, and they may have... Hurt? That may end up being the wrong approach, but I, I for, totally forgot to look at how the previous Pokemon movies. Uh, I'm sure Scott knows sort of how they did back in the the nineties. I'm thinking of the first. The first one probably did the best. I don't even think it's a good I comparison have it point, as a, though. I think it's it's like yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? What do you compare it to? Um, and so I actually just have it as a dark horse because I, I sort okay, of that's just fair. Went so with, you do have it mentioned in some capacity. Yes, okay. but not in the top. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me. And again, this is, you know, something of a Hail Mary, but it feels like the Lego movie in that it is a well-known property that is liked by multiple generations of potential viewers of all ages that has never had a true blue conventional big movie of this nature. Um, it also looks good. It looks like it's a film that will be enjoyable to people that have no interest in the IP. And that is key, as we learned with Jumanji and Sony. And just from anecdotal evidence, everybody I know in and outside the film bubble is aware of it and at least somewhat curious. Uh, it's rated PG, so it's going to be, you know, if the kids want to see it, that's not going to be an issue with that. Mm-hmm. And just anecdotally, my three kids all want to see it for three entirely different reasons. <laughs> my middle son is a Pokemon fan. Yep. My youngest just thinks it looks funny. And my oldest thinks it looks entertaining that the Pikachus, you know, the, the Pokemon are very cute and huggable. So where do you have it? Uh, I think domestically number four. Number four. I think number well, four. worldwide, I, I put it at three. Keep in mind, I'm adding these to the list as we all China's going to be a... China and Japan could go bonkers. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, number um, f- number four domestically all, or for the summer, okay. Yeah. I have it at number five I, on my list. Also, uh, hi. Where'd you put it in? Dark Horse. Dark Horse. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with I'm with Jose. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if I, I'm bad. not going to be shocked if it does go four or five, like what you guys are saying here. But I I honestly couldn't find any comps to it. That's why I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. But I'd be curious to hear what uh what Mark has at. I have it at number six. So I you know. Oh, you guys have four, five, six. Got it. Yeah. I I mean, to me, I, I kind of like uh Ryan Reynolds' voice in it. I think it's kind of yeah. a, a little bit cheeky to have him voice this character and it, it's i think that might speak a little bit more to adults because kids don't care you know who's voicing yeah. pikachu but adults 
uh, I think will find that amusing. And I don't know. It, it, this is really I, we were, uh, Aaron and I were talking just before the podcast. This is really a hard film. I think maybe one of the hardest uh, to, to place. place. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but the other thing, too, is it's a video game movie. And I don't I mean, has there ever been a video game movie to really do? I mean, there's Laura Croft, no. Tomb Raider, the original no. with and we, uh, we all put Ant- our eggs in the Warcraft basket a couple of years ago and that failed right. us completely. But that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, and I think that might just the idea of it being a video game movie may not speak to everyone. But I, I think six, you know, that, that was just trying to split the difference. And I kind of put it a little bit below the middle. I, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and I also agree with everything Scott's saying. As far as there's something about this that, you know, there's, it's not pronounced. I mean, it's based off a video game, but there's, you know, the Pokemon franchise in general. It seems like something that's excelled beyond that in the same way, the, like the Lego movie, like you're mentioning, Scott. Yeah. As far as, it's not just that it's a video game. It's that there's all these characters that people just know from pop culture at this point, or have some kind of familiarity with. The, that Pokemon Go app alone, people that never played Pokemon or watched the show in their lives were all like obsessed with it. There's just things like that that make right. it stand out to me as far as it's, its popularity. It's like it's what it's known factor, and even like in the same way, you know, the, there's a nostalgia factor. People that have kids now were young when they were playing Pokemon or watching Pokemon. I mean, there it, you have these kind of you have the generational factor of like, who's interested in this kind of thing. And also, the previews are just good. Like it's a good yeah, second trailer. Campaign. It's super yeah. solid. It's a fun. It's a. It's fun to watch this. It's this yeah. like hybrid thing. It has real world elements. It has interesting looking CG in it, and it's funny. Like it just seems like it has a winning combination it, of elements. It to looks make like it a, a real movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and even Ryan Reynolds' voice. I remember. You know, when I first saw the teaser, it's surprisingly low key. He's a detective. You know, he's not trying to <laughs> ham it up. We. Uh, and, well, I don't... You know, but, yeah. Uh, Anna and I saw Shazam yesterday, and um, I, I, every time that Pokemon trailer comes on, I, 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 I like you say, I like saying my clues. That's just funny. Solid, <laughs> <laughs> solid second trailer. I love that. I love that song. It's it's it goes well. Yeah. And like even at this point, I don't have much familiarity with Pikachu, but when Mewtwo appears on screen, I'm like, that seems important. Like I just feel that. Like I can feel that in the air. <laughs> that's what that's what the first Pokemon movie is all about. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, since you were asking. That movie opened $55 million in five days back in 1990. There you go, Jose. <laughs> which would be $90 million adjusted by today's numbers. Um, adjusted for inflation, it's still the second biggest grossing video game movie of all time in North America. Behind Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Yes, behind the first Tomb Raider. Yeah. Mm, okay. um, so yeah, four, five, six for us, and a couple Dark Horses. Like, I'm pretty sure it's going to do some big business, but I mean, the movie could also be just horribly terrible, which I don't really expect, but I mean, it's... yeah. Again, not a whole lot of comparisons to to find with this one. So, but you guys bring up some good good points about the Lego Movie. We'll see what happens. A big summer comedy tends to like play out as well too. So. Yeah, and it's it's early enough, so it's got legs. That's the other thing. It comes out second week of May, so it has a lot of time to build that. Especially for a movie that's kid friendly, it's going to be a good option for a lot of weeks for for kids. Um, anyway, yeah. next movie. Let's move on. We we got a couple on the seventeenth. First up, we have A Dog's Journey, um, and we have John Wick. Colon, chapter three, dash, parabellum. Did anyone actually write a dog's journey? Uh, I'm looking. Let me no. see. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't. I was like, if Aaron mentioned it, I wonder if somebody wrote it. I'm only mentioning it because it's a big summer release. Yeah, yeah. And this is the sequel to A Dog's Purpose, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the prequel to A Dog's Porpoise. That's where he goes to see. <laughs> uh, the trailer looks okay. But, I spent nine um, hours I... writing that joke. I will take the appreciation as it comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, a dog's purpose. That's a dog's journey. It's the uh, which one's the journey? Is the dog? What's the dog doing? Was it lost? Is... I don't know. It keeps on coming back in different. That's incarnations. right. It's the resurrection one. It's the. It's yeah, yeah. the okay. I. It's the Buddhist yeah. Dog I thought movie. that this was the yeah. other dog movie that I also saw a trailer for a couple months ago. There's another dog yeah. movie trailer. No, there was. That was the one where the dogs like lost. Right. What was that one called? Yeah, the dog's way home or something. Dog's way. <laughs> Oh, okay. Now I'm confused. Is Annabelle Home another dog movie? It was like Homeward Bound Party of One. (laughs) No Michael J. Fox. Yeah, A Dog's Way Home. That's what that one was called. But it has a very similar like poster and everything. It's just like dog white sheet. Like that's all you really need. Yeah. Regardless, we're talking way too much about a movie that nobody's picked. John Wick (laughs) Chapter Three, however, I do see some mention of it here. Philip has it in his Dark Horses. Uh, Marcus Robinson has it at his number ten pick. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3. Uh, Alan also has it as a dark horse. Uh, I think that's everybody. Anybody else have John Wick mentioned at all? I do. No, I think it'll do fine. I just don't think it's going to be... I do not. Mark, where do you have it? I, I, I have it as a dark horse. I figured as much. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just... My reasoning, the you know the first one did like 43 million. The second one did 92. I think this could even go a little higher. Um. And I mean, I was looking at all the different things that are coming out this summer. It just seemed like the, it just seemed like a dark horse, just something that I feel might. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you too, Mark. Uh, I also have as a dark horse. I mean, it has been increasing in popularity and cult status, and uh, people are seemingly looking forward to this one. So the internet seems a buzz about it, and I wouldn't be surprised if it if it crosses like a hundred million something. Exactly right. It's it's going to be at the lower if end. We're talking. What was I going to say? If we're talking straight action movies, I think it's it's sort of this and, and Hobbs and Shaw only, right? There's no like yeah. Mission Impossible this summer or anything. Everything else sort of is tied to something else, like Godzilla or you know, one of the Marvel movies. So I think there's a chance for it for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's not a chance for it. I just think there are three other movies ahead of it in the Dark Horses for me. Sure. <laughs> um, I think it's certainly right. Th- it's more like. I need other movies to fail for that one to get ahead in my Interesting. Like, I, I okay. feel like I think there's a set kind of money limit that it can get to, and other movies have to not reach theirs for that movie to get ahead. The I, last one did 92 domestic and 171 worldwide. They'd be thrilled with 100 domestic, 200 worldwide this time. Right, yeah, which it, feels like it, a reach sometimes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's action. It's in the summer. That's cool. I do think it still has the weird, like, niche category that it falls into. Like, Mission, totally. Impossible, totally. Mission Impossible, that's like four-quadrant action. John Wick, people just getting shot in the face. Like, there's a specific audience for that, <laughs> I think. Like, yeah. I think there's, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't look good. I, I do want to see it. I do think that there is a limit to the appeal that it could have. Could I sure. be wrong? Of course I can. I've been wrong many times. I've never won this. But that's, that's kind of what I'm going with as the logic. Um, that's John Wick. What's next here? Um, another crowded weekend. Well, kind of crowded. Um, I don't think any of us picked Brightburn. I look forward to Brightburn, but I don't think it's going to be that make that kind of money. Or it could be a giant breakout. Or I'm wrong. Did anyone pick Brightburn? <laughs> uh, no, but I agree with you. I'm really looking forward to it. But you know, they'll be thrilled if it does anywhere near a hundred worldwide. And yeah, pretty probably much budgeting it for about sixty. I got to make sure this is more of a this is still summer preview. Brightburn is the film that is what co-written by James Gunn and produced by him and directed by yeah. one of his uh, proteges. Um, it's right. about the the dark Superman horror movie, which um, mm-hmm. looks really fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen the trailer it a couple is. times on the big screen now, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this. <laughs> 
I, I like the idea of jump scares for a person that could f- super speed up to you. Like that's that's amusing. <laughs> Um, but the bigger deal on May 24th, as far as this game is concerned, is Aladdin, the live-action remake of Aladdin, featuring Will Smith, uh, Memorial Day, Disney, sometimes doesn't go that well, sometimes it does go well. Um, I assume we all have this somewhere mentioned. I will say, along with Detective Pikachu, this is the other film that's the most difficult for me to place, because I just... Agreed. I don't know. I don't don't know how well well this does. Like, this is... It's the kind of film like Independence Day Resurgence that could be an absolute disaster, but still make enough money to end up in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, as far as quality wise, yeah, like it, it's. Certainly... No, I mean financially, it could be you know, you know, Independence Day did for, you know almost four hundred worldwide, but it was still you know. No, oh, but it did. It didn't make the top yeah. ten for the uh, domestic. Yeah, did it? I don't remember. I remember that mistake. Yeah, because you had it like number two. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a number two, did I? No, not well, you. I, you had it. You had it oh, low. That's why you won your year because you wisely, wisely did like number six. I or changed something. my mind. I was like, everyone's <laughs> gonna go see this man, even without Will Smith. Okay. Well, this movie does have Will Smith. Uh, I have it at number nine. I went low on it, lower that, anyway. That's still really the low. Yeah. But I'm like, I just look at the ceiling for this thing, which is like I tried to make a range on each of these movies as far as their money goes to help me kind of rank these things. And I'm like, this has a lot. It has the biggest range for me as far as like, so it's like it's so up in the air. I, I had it lower earlier, but then I basically then that Hobbs and Shaw trailer came. Out, I was like, well, this movie looks pretty fucking awesome. Maybe a lot is not going to do as great as Hobbs and Shaw. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I have a lot at number nine. Abe, where do you have a lot? I have it at number five. Number five, okay. Right in the middle there. I'm thinking that it's, uh, you know, it's got a solid cast, good, good songs that everyone knows. We'll see what happens. Mark, how about you? Where'd you put Aladdin? So I have Aladdin at number seven. Um, I would have probably, if you had asked me three months ago, I would have placed this higher. However, Dumbo happened, and then I started to, and then, and then that, and then also the trailer itself, uh, and Will Smith. I just. I don't think he's getting the love. Um, it's kind of one of these uh, hashtag not my genie sort of things. So I, <laughs> I don't. Is that happening right now? No, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just. It's just the the. It's the kind of thing that people say, and yeah. I think the the trailer. The, the, there's a. I guess there was one trailer. The, the latest trailer. It looks decent. I mean, it looks colorful and it's got the musical numbers, and so I could see it being good. But I, I could also see it going the way of, you know, like we said earlier, Independence Day. But uh, I just couldn't um, – I don't know. I, I, I put it at seven because I, I just feel like it – even if it's somewhat of a disappointment, I think it still could earn enough to, to be at seven. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah, I also have it at seven, actually. And I All thought right. I had it low until I heard Aaron at nine, but mm-hmm. – and basically agree with what what you guys have been saying. I think if we, if we're talking worldwide, I think it'll do much better. But domestic, I, I always feel like it could go either way. Like everybody's everyone's saying. Well, that's I mean I think that's the Will Smith factor. Honestly, yeah. I think the Will, Will Smith is what makes this movie do well worldwide. Will Smith makes it do better than it would without him domestically. But I think worldwide, his appeal is very strong. People like Will Smith. I mean, I I get that if you're if you don't have Robin Williams. This seems like the best logical option, honestly. It's like, who, who else do you <laughs> yeah. get? Well, you get the guy that's still... Ca- it's not going to be Tom Cruise, so you're going to get Will Smith. <laughs> Scott, what do you Tom Cruise as Genie? That'd be great. Uh, it's an eight, and you know, it could go either way. It could it could open perfectly fine and post to $250 million and we're all like, okay, whatever. But 
nobody that I know outside the bubble is excited for it. There is a certain obligation. Mm. They'll see it because they know what it is, or they'll take their kids because it's a Disney movie. But there's very few people out there that are, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I think it looks good. Uh, even the last trailer, which was an improvement because it actually showed you some of the movie, it still felt very rushed and very truncated. The the you know we still really haven't seen any scenes of characters acting with each other. I'm sure we'll get a final trailer probably right well, now, right? <laughs> well, if they if they do that, I mean Disney usually doesn't do trailer overload. I get yeah, um, I get that. At the same time, it's like. You know, it's not yeah. it's not the BFG or, if I were or Wrinkle in Time. It's Aladdin. Like yeah. it's a movie that it's kind of you know an animated movie that's beloved by people. Yeah, and they're making and a that's live action why version. A certain you know people will show up anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, as far as Dumbo, if Dumbo can make three hundred worldwide, that's terrible for Dumbo because it was too expensive. But you know, if that can do, probably going to end up close to somewhere between three twenty five and three fifty. Yeah, I would imagine Aladdin could probably squeak to 500. Um, but you know, as you meant, as you implied, you know, Memorial Day is sort of a death trap for Disney. Yeah, it um, is. Why? Yeah, the, the past, the past <laughs> um, history has not been well. Um, with you know, with pirates, pirates, pirates being movies, one exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah that did, they would love 794 for Aladdin. That'd be a huge win. And uh, what Maleficent did really well. A few that was a week after Memorial week Day. Week after, but, yes. But yeah, I mean that, um, that's the be- that's the yeah. closest I can think of as a comparison point as far as yeah. like May release for a live action Disney movie. Maleficent did very well, but I just, I just I think the the unique value of something like that was unique at that time. It's like a yeah. giant star plus this concept, and we haven't seen many live action remakes. This is the yeah. second live action remake this year. The what third in the past like 365 days? Like there's been a lot of these, and we still have another one to come. <laughs> so well, I haven't said that yet. I think a lot of the people that are making fun of it online are still going to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of the people that are making fun of it online have kids that won't care. Yeah. You know, they're not going to, you know, they're not all, oh, no, not my genie. They're not going to, oh, no, they're desecrating Robin Williams' memory or whatever garbage, you know. You know the curiosity up. factor alone is going to you know, make up for a lot of that. I, I always say, it wasn't, you know, kids didn't think the Polar Express was scary. You know, they liked it. <laughs> it was us to try to convince ourselves that the, you know, the motion capture was terrifying and spooky. I will um, note um, the everybody else has Aladdin in various places. Adam and Alan have it at number five. Uh, Brandon has it at seven. Jay has it at eight. Uh, Maxwell has it at nine. Peter and Philip ha- and uh, yeah, Peter and Philip have it at eight. So it's all it's pretty much all over the place, really. It's all so, but it's everybody has little, yeah. Everybody has Aladdin somewhere in their top Everybody 10, has top Aladdin. 10. I'm not not okay. seeing Aladdin anywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, doesn't. I'll I'll be posting this list. Everybody will be able to see this. But uh, yeah, Aladdin's pretty much all over the place. So I'm missing something. Uh, let's move on. Uh, now we get into the end of May, uh, we, where we got a, a few uh, things that I think are going to be in competition here. I don't think anyone has Ma mentioned, but that does come up uh, May 31st. That's the Octavia Spencer Bloomhouse horror film. Bloomhouse would have to have one of their biggest... Oh, well, they've been doing pretty well lately, so I don't... What do I know? Uh, but uh, anyone have Ma anywhere? I don't think so, right? Mm-mm. It'll do really fine, great, relatively though. speaking, but no. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, also opening, we have Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic starring Taron Egerton, directed by Bohemian Rhapsody's main di- <laughs> co-director, um, Dexter <laughs> Fletcher. Um Anyone have Rocket Man uh, mentioned anywhere? Domestic, no, but I put it in ten for my worldwide list because uh, I think it's you know I don't think it's gonna do Bohemian Rhapsody numbers, but mm-hmm. 
you know, it certainly could, you know, kick butt overseas. Elton John is as you know, popular now as he's ever been. Live action musicals are relatively consistent these days. I mean, you know, it's, 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 we're talking about safe, you know, theatrical genres. You have superhero movies, franchise tunes, horror films, and live action musicals. But domestically, yeah, I, I don't see it pulling Star is Born or Bohemian Rhapsody numbers. From about I, I, well, so I have it as a dark horse. Mark, what were you going to yeah. say? Oh, just that, um, I think one of the things that separates Rocket Man is it's rated R. I mean, that's rare yeah. for a for a music biopic to be rated R. Is it officially so, rated R yet? I mean, people have said so. things, but has the MPA come out and said it yet? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't believe yet. I mean, yeah, they're heavily saying that's the idea. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I I don't have it anywhere. Not even in my dark horse. Not that it won't do well. I think it'll be a you know a, a, a hit in relation to what it costs to make. But it's not going to, as Scott said, it's not going to be anywhere near the 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 uh, breakout hit that Bohemian Rhapsody was for. I think a few reasons. But one is the rating. I just think it's 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 going for a different audience. It's a different kind of a picture, and uh, so it's going to play more to that sort of art house kind of thing. Um, I will say one advantage it does have over a lot of the G should have included this or not movies is that because it's an Elton John movie and it will draw people that want to see an Elton John movie and listen to Elton John music, that one's the least dependent on its quality. Yeah. You know, as we learn with the Rhapsody, same with you know, Rhapsody. Yeah. So, you know, other films that we'll be talking about and have already talked about, you know, we are discussing them under the assumption they will be good. Mm. Uh, Rocket Man, I think, will do as well as it will do regardless. Hey, Jose, do either of you have Rocket Man at all? I do not. Uh, just for the record, I, only because I haven't given you my list yet, I do have it as a dark horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Jose? I, I decided to take a big swing, and I put this 10. Ooh, there you go. I like it. Yeah. Hey, you and, uh, you and Alan Aguilera and Brandon Peters both have a number 10. All three of you have a number 10. I don't deny the potential of Rocket Man. I do think a big jukebox musical, which is what it kind of looks like, I, I think it has potential. If you want to talk about R-rated biopics that could do well, Straight Outta Compton came out middle of summer or middle of August and made it into the top ten. I mean, it's uh, there. It, it a lot happen. of overlapping demographics. A lot of overlapping demographics, and I, <laughs> I, I don't say that's a guarantee for Rocket Man to do the same. But I think riding yeah. off of the coattails of a movie that did something similar, like Bohemian Rhapsody, regardless of. Yeah. Uh, rating i do think there's potential there to make it a a solid hit uh, I, I think it uh it has a lot going in its favor and from the trailers it just looks like there's going to be a lot of music in this movie which is what you've been saying scott as far as people just kind of yeah. want to see that on a big screen and i don't think that's going to hurt yeah. it am I, mean, I correct it's kind of a fantasy as well isn't yeah. it i mean it it, well, feels, it feels like it's taking some cinematic liberties like that and just making things... Well, not even liberties, awesome. just like giant musical sequences that feel yeah. like a Julie Tamor movie. Like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, like across the universe or something. Right. So that's why I'm with you, Mark. I'm just like, hey, I, I don't doubt that it's probably going to do well critically and also... Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, itself. I mean, if, if it did break out and do like $150 million, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, especially you know if if it's really spectacular. Uh, but I, it's just there's just too many things about it that I think it's going to keep it a little bit you know depressed in in the box office. Yeah, I mean once again, like when it comes to these kinds of picks, as I said, I haven't as a dark horse. It tends to be other movies have to make less for this to make it into the top ten. Like that's the logic I generally try to use. Or it's like it's not that I think this is going to break out and make all the money. It's that I think something else might not make the money, and so this is the best logical option afterwards. Like that's that's what I have to go for with. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, also, May 31st, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, Oof. Which I, I'm sure everyone has mentioned in some capacity. Um, I have it at number eight. Um, as, as excited as I am for Godzilla, and believe me, I'm very excited for Godzilla. Oh. I am I am trying to keep expectations in check when it comes to money. <laughs> uh, the first Godzilla made what two hundred? Like what? Like, yeah, it was two hundred front loaded. Like on the on ninety three million dollar weekend. Yeah. So wow. I this one, you know, the the ads are highlighting. Look at all these crazy monsters we have in this next one, and I think that's a good way to go. But I don't think the ceiling gets too much higher for a Godzilla movie, at least domestically. So uh, number eight's where I'm sticking with it at. But uh, Jose, where do you have Godzilla mentioned in somewhere? Uh, I also have it at number eight. Boom. There you go. Um, I I think um I, I don't know the exact number, but I know um the the last King Kong movie didn't didn't do quite as well as the first Godzilla, if I remember correct. Um, and I think this will come there, come in somewhere in between those, or, or you know, comparable to the first domestic one. Domestic, it's less, but worldwide, King yeah. Skull, Skull Island did like but really more. well, right? To like five hundred something. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did about one hundred sixty-eight domestic, but it did about five thirty worldwide. So it's yeah. about over under even. But yeah, the, um, the well, monster verse, yes, does seem to have yeah. a kind of similar trajectory. Of course, Skull Island that was a March movie, where Godzilla's a summer movie. Yeah. That also mm-hmm. makes a difference. But, and. You know, I, I know we're talking domestic, so I have to keep reminding myself. But other than the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movies, there's never been a giant monster movie that's made more than 550. So there may be a ceiling on this particular subgenre, give or take inflation and, you know, exchange rates. I do think it will probably, I think it, you know, it, it, it's, I am also excited for it. Um, as are at least one of my kids, for whatever reason, my middle kid is now a kaiju freak, so I'll take that. <laughs> I catch up on some stuff I've never seen. But yeah, I, I, I pessimistically, I'm thinking Skull Island numbers domestically, which is where it does about 60 and kind of sort of lengths it to about 170. Hmm. But if it's good and people like it and people already like Skull Island, which I watched last night, it holds up very well. Uh, then I think Kong v. Godzilla gets a big boost next summer. Well, with that in mind, where do you have it on your list? Uh, I have it an eighth. I'm sorry, ninth. And by the way, I only, and I'm only talking this because I haven't seen my list yet. Uh, Pokemon's actually six domestic. Wow. Oh, okay. six domestic. Wow. Um, Mark, where do you have Godzilla? Uh, so I also have it at number, uh, like you, Aaron, number eight. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't probably, I mean, you guys have some, summed it up. I, I Godzilla uh, 2014 uh, ended up as the seventh highest grossing film of the summer, and uh, I think this might do less. Uh, so I, I put it at eight. And I'm, I am excited about it, too. I mean, it's going to have all these monsters in it. I mean, I hope, I'm hoping it's just like a fun time. I actually think it has potential to do more. I just have it lower because I think other things are going to do better. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the range works. Like, it could still do less and make it... Regardless, I mean, that's, that's just kind of my, my thought. It's like, I think there's... Just the concept of what they're doing with this is like, let's advertise all of these things. I think that's going to work in its favor. Of course, it is very crowded. I think that's the only really stumbling block that's going there. It has yeah. so much thing also, so many things also happening at that same time. Mm-hmm. Like Godzilla was coming out in March for a while, right? Until it moved to May? Yes, it got out of the way of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. So what happened last year. And us. Uh, yeah. But well, do you think you know. do you think being in the summer helps it? I, I think it hurts it. I think there's just so much out there. I, uh, given what was around it at the time, I do think being in the summer helps. I think that's the stronger play. Oh, I agree. I mean, it, it, I don't disagree with a... you in the sense of being more crowded and 
you know, not necessarily being the big event movie of the moment, but I think the fear was that after last year, that Captain Marvel was going to suck all the oxygen out of the room. Like Mark, so, I hear what you're saying. I think the difference is people are out of school or what have you, so they can they can choose to see Godzilla, you know, a week later or whatever. Where March, yes. people are all, you know, they're still doing stuff. Like you know, uh, you're, you're only going to choose. You're only going to see so many movies at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just I just thinking Pokemon, Avengers, Aladdin. There's some movies coming up right after Godzilla that all kind of play to the same age demographic, and I just think it's a lot. But I mean, oh, I, I have sure. it at I have it at number yeah. eight, so I mean, I think yeah. it'll do fine. Make money. Yeah. Abe, hey, where you go? Yeah. I also have it on the Jose, Aaron, and Mark train. It's number eight for me. All right. Okay. Well, that's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. There's a new trailer out that I'm definitely going to watch after this podcast. Um, <laughs> next up. Uh, June 7th, another two potential big ones. First up, Dark Phoenix. The, <laughs> oh, the laughs Sorry. are here. I have a, I have a <laughs> feeling I know why. Uh, this is the X-Men film that is the, I guess, concluding chapter of X-Men for Fox, as we know it. By before, force. Before, uh, some presumable changes take place. Um, X-Men Apocalypse did 155, made it into the top 10 back in the... Back, back in, in the day, sixteen, uh, yeah. So, it and the trailers for this one, I don't know what it, is there. Does anyone know like a public reaction to these trailers? Because I know online people just want to trash this movie, but is there like a uh, separation that I'm not seeing? Indifference. Sorry. Indifference. 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 Oddly enough, my oldest wants to see it, but not because she's a huge X Men junkie. She just looks thinks it looks like an interesting sci fi fantasy about a girl with powers losing control. Which makes sense, but I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I don't think there's going to be like a Game of Thrones bump here by having Sansa Stark as Dark Phoenix because the previous movie did very little to give you Jean Grey. So it's like now here's yeah. a whole movie focused on Jean Grey, and it's like who like that? And didn't we see this <laughs> ten years ago already? <laughs> but, uh, In its favor, is it is this the, the last one? I mean, is this sort yeah? Of that's what I say. It's, the... it's, it's, supposed, say. it's presumably yeah. okay. the concluding chapter for Fox's version of X Men. Right. So I mean, you could sort of, if they market that as like, okay, this is the culmination or whatever. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's... yeah it will help. But yeah, it, won't, it, it will also remind it. people that the reason it's the culmination is because you know Disney bought Fox and the last one didn't do well and yada yada yada. Right. Um, I mean, I I think su- superhero fatigue is just all over this film. I mean, that is the definition of of this film. So it's funny we we say this, but I mean, and I guess it applies because it's a team film as opposed to a solo. But you have Deadpool and you have um, Logan, which also did. You know, they both did pretty phenomenal, given what they are. Now that's a difference, obviously, because those are movies about specific characters versus here's a whole group of these guys again. And this one doesn't have any any Hugh Jackman here. Presumably, I don't know. Maybe Fox once again was like, "Let's shove in him and get rid of character development." <laughs> like quick cameo, in the movie. yeah. But um, regardless, I have it as a dark horse. I, which again comes down to, if other things fail, this might make money. Like that's my sure. logic there. But um, right. uh, the everybody else on the list, Adam has it surprisingly at number six. Oh, um, pretty gosh, high. That's I like I like high. his confidence. Um, Alan, probably the one of the bigger comic book fans among us, who probably knows the most about X Men, knows that this is also not in the top ten at all because he has it nowhere on his list. Neither does Brandon. Jay has it as a Dark Phoenix. Jordan has it. Nowhere. He has a Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Jay has Dark Phoenix as a Dark Horse. Yeah, thank you. There I see you what go. you're saying. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark, where's Marcus have it? Because I know he has uh, number seven. Uh, Maxwell's a Dark Horse. Peter has it at number ten. Philip has it at number ten. Yeah, there's a, so it's a lot of 
I mean, there's a couple outliers, but mostly pretty low or a dark horse. Yeah, how about you guys? Abe, do you have it anywhere? I do. I have it uh, as number 10. All right. Yeah. But would not be surprised if it, uh, you know, made made $30 million and was out of the... the <laughs> it'll make more than $30 million. It will, <laughs> yeah, it'll it will. open with at least $30 million. If it doesn't open to $30 million, then, then the X-Men franchise could all, use it. All I'm going to hear during the whole entire screening of that movie is just Scott's laugh when I'm watching it. I'm just going <laughs> to... be like, Scott was right. That'll contrast with my tears when we were watching X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, ideally, it. I mean, it's hard to say... It, it it could I mean because this movie's been sitting around. That's the other thing. This movie's yeah. been this movie was filmed. Well, we're like gonna two talk about another action movie that's been sitting around later. Assuming it doesn't. I mean, well, yeah, we'll get there. Jose, do you have Dark Phoenix anywhere? I put it at number nine. There you go. This is one where I, I basically was trying to find a spot for this or Men in Black. Mm-hmm. And spoiler, I guess I went with with this. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I honestly think those for those two movies, I was trying to fit in at the end both, and I decided basically to sort of take that swing with Rocketman, put that at number ten. But yeah, I, I think this is this is a tough one. I guess I maybe in my head was like, well, Game of Thrones is on right now, and you know, Sansa Stark, and maybe people will go just to see her a little bit more. But yeah, this yeah yeah I don't know. Mark, you have Dark Phoenix anywhere? I. I have it as a dark horse okay. and i i feel like yeah if if some other things kind of fail this could sort of find its way into the top 10 although i i don't think so so that's why it's a dark horse but it it's could, a it could rise out of the ashes and make it in the top 10 yes yeah very apt uh, uh, scott um do we know how much dark phoenix phoenix cost to make we do produ- not okay uh, obviously remember... there were reshoots and yeah now, so i remember, remember re- in the budget you know it's it's, it's... That's something that a lot of, you know, if you're smart when you're budgeting a temple like this, you do budget maybe a week or two of reshoots just to be able to, you know, Marvel does, for example. That is part of their initial production budget. Um, I thought I remember seeing something like 200 million, but I, it sound, the article sounded like it was conjecture. So that's, Yeah, that's conjecture. Yeah. I will say that X-Men Apocalypse was much cheaper than I was expecting. It ended up coming in at 178, which as opposed to Days of Future Past, which... Never had an official budget, but it was allegedly, you know, 200 plus. It's quite possible this was a relatively small scale grounded character drama that because of the reshoots cost 150 as opposed to, you know, 90 to 120. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see them spending way more. I don't see them spending way more than Apocalypse after Apocalypse. Like at that point, you're like, we got to scale down a bit. Yes. And And it seemingly has, I mean, even though there's some cosmic stuff, it seemingly has less kind of world devastation and the same you know i don't think magneto's right. lifting as many heavy things this time around so you know we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes oh, scott God. scott do you have it anywhere do you have it as a dark horse or uh, no i don't okay um the other movie opening on june 7th is secret life of pets 2 the Ooh. petting <laughs> the dark and gritty sequel the 2016 sleeper smash no um this one uh what 368 uh, yeah first time out First time to bat Illumination, that brand certainly works well, even without Minions. You got, you got a huge hit, because everybody has pets, which was certainly my logic <laughs> back in the yeah, back in 2016. Dead. That said, I have this at number six this time around. I have a, do, I have, I have a feeling it might do a little bit less. Um, I agree. I think it will do a little bit less. I don't think it will do a lot less, uh, just because the appeal is the same. And yeah, you're not getting anything quote-unquote new, but... People don't watch cat videos again because they're expecting something new. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, I mean, you know, when I first saw the first preview of this movie, it's like, oh, it's cat videos, the movie. 
this will make a gajillion dollars. Um, <laughs> and you know, it, it opened with it opened with one hundred and four million dollars, which is still the biggest opening for any not you know wholly original picture. Did it open so by itself, it, or did it open with something? What do you mean with something? Like on the same weekend? Uh I honestly don't remember what. I'll it look into it. You keep I, talking. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's, uh, I mean, the, the other films were Mike and Dave need wedding dates and something oh, else. Classic. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally remember that movie. That's the Abercrombie <laughs> one. Yeah, The Legend um, of Tarzan was uh, was that it, was no, a sleeper hit, right? No, that was the movie. or no, no. I can't but that was in its second week, and that was number yeah. two. The Legend of what? Tarzan. 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 I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. The that, movie that we all expected that, to bomb, that, but actually that, did pretty decent, even yeah, still, yeah. which just cost it, too much money. That, but yeah, Secret Life of Pets, I mean, it's Illumination. They are a bulletproof brand these days. Ugh, uh, they really know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, and they, you know, they are the safest bet for, you know, basically guilt-free, pain-free babysitters. Where do you have it? Um, Where do you have it on the list? Five. Five. So you have it ahead of Detective Pikachu. Uh, domestically, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't see this doing $300 million in China. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mark, what do you have? Oh, I, I'm on the same train. I have it at number five, uh, right ahead of P- Pikachu. Uh, I think this is going to be still huge. Um, the uh, original was the number three film of the summer. So, I mean, you know, of course, I'm thinking this will do less. So, five. I mean, that just seems like that would be um, a pretty safe bet. Yeah, see, I'm going to get so screwed by Detective Pikachu. <laughs> the clues. <laughs> Jose, where do you have Secret Life of Pets? I also have it five. Okay. Ooh. Abe, how about you? I uh, swung for the fences. It's number four. I thought you were going to say uh, number two. <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't be that rude to child's play. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to go see that shit. Um, yeah, Adam has it at number seven. Alan has it at number six. So does Brandon. Jay has it at five. Jordan has it at eight. Um, let's see. Marcus has it at six. Marcus has made some respectable picks this year. We like making fun of Marcus on this show because we're all big fans of him. Uh, but he actually has a pretty good list going for him so far. Uh, Maxwell has it at seven. So, yeah, we all have it kind of middle of the pack, some a little bit higher, some a little lower. But, yeah, we're all – we certainly believe in Illumination as far as their ability to churn out these movies and, you know, make a profit. So, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just I'm relying on Pikachu apparently to just <laughs> just, just 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 crush. That's that's I mean, yeah. That. Don't worry. I think I think Pikachu's going to come through. We'll see. Pika Pika. What's next here? Uh, next week, the week after. I don't think any of us picked Shaft. No. Right. Mm-mm. Okay. Nobody else did here on the list either. But Men in Black International. Uh, this is a so this is a questionable one. I. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Men in Black, yeah. the franchise with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, does very well. Will Smith not being in Men in Black International, I don't think that does as well. I, I uh, and let alone Chris Hemsworth, who outside of Thor isn't exactly knocking back the hits um, as a leading man. So it's I think it's pretty hard to say that this is going to be a surefire success, despite the you know the name brand IP that you have with Men in Black. If anything, it could be a disaster. I have it as a dark horse. Because I think there's some money to be made, but I, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it just completely underperforms as well. Yep. Uh, we need a new trailer, for one thing. I think there's one coming as well. Um, yeah, this week. With 100% more Liam Neeson, I'm sure. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he died. Uh, but with all that said, anybody else have Men in Black? Um, dark Horse. I do. Yeah, I have it on my. I have it Scott, as number nine on my horse? list. Yeah. Okay, Abe, what were you saying? Yeah. 
Number nine on the list. Number nine. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you on everything you said about the IP versus Will Smith not being there. I feel kind of weird. Okay. Oh. And then I have it at number 10. Um, I, what they need to do is uh, highlight the fact that Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are both in this and say, you love Thor Ragnarok? Now see this. Well, that's what they've been doing. I'm kidding, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, I mean, that, that's been their campaign. It's, 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 but it's, and it's I, directed by F. Gary Gray. You know, I mean, he's he did Straight Outta Compton and The Fate of the Furious. I, he's a solid director. I think this is, I mean, the kind of thing that could just eke its way into the top 10. So mm-hmm. I think 10 is, you know, I, I think that's pretty, that's, e- it yeah, doesn't have to be spectacular bad. to do, yeah, to do that kind of business. Jose, you hinted at yeah. this earlier, but I'm going to say you said it the Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the Men in Black franchise a lot. Um, actually, I think Men in Black 3 was my first appearance on, on the podcast. I believe I you're right. Yes. Um, so, you know, near and dear to, to my heart. <laughs> Um, we are big fans of Men in Black 3 on this podcast. And Scott, you're a big fan of Men in Black 3 as well. Yes, I, and that, that's the one good thing about this film coming out is we all get to write retrospective essays about how Men in Black 3 is actually terrific. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as my thoughts on the film, I mean, because of what happened with Jumanji, and I'm not expecting anywhere near that kind of number, you know, Sony was able to show in that case that they could take an IP that was to a certain extent rooted in a specific movie star and still craft a new movie with that, that, that justified itself as popcorn entertainment with stars that, you know, obviously maybe they don't open movies by themselves, but is the idea of, Oh, it's a men in black movie. That's a good concept with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Oh, okay. I like them. They're charming. You know, I enjoy listening to them on, you know, interviews or what have you. Um, Liam Neeson, that's complicated. A few months ago, I would have said he brings prestige and, you know, a certain amount of goodwill to the project. Well, they'll probably play up Emma Thompson more in the next trailer. Yes, and Emma Thompson. And, you know, they, they you know, at least in the first trailer, they're, they're frankly selling a film that will entertain you even if you don't care about the Men in Black series. Um, and that's what they need to do. That's what everybody needs to do when they're selling these kind of films. Mm-hmm. Um, you you and, rely on the IP and you die. Um, yeah. Exactly. So listen to that, Last Jedi haters. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh, yeah. putting um, a number in the title is a, is a good decision, too, just to kind of, like, rebrand yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 you, you rarely see fours these days. Yeah. Generally, you generally yeah. see, you know, a subtitle. That's, that's, a, weird, that's a weird thought. I, yeah, I have to yeah, think you, back to that. Except um, for the movie that's coming up next on this list, which we should get to. We need to keep going. Four? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, Child's Play 9. To, I just wanted um, to say. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Jose. You know, when you've got, you know, worldwide smash hit London Bridge from, from Fergie on your trailer, that's, <laughs> that's a surefire sign of the hit. It's got to be. Definitely going to be number five then. Yeah. Let's get to this next one. Um, the, we, in the, there's going to be like three movies that all involve killer toys coming up right now. Uh, first up is Child's Play. Um, I don't think Child's Play is going to be entering anyone's uh, list anytime soon. Um I'm frustrated for this movie for a lot of reasons, but it doesn't really matter right now. Anyone have Child's Play anywhere on here? Mm-mm. I think it will be Mark Hamill's second highest grossing film of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> <Bold>. Prediction, Scott. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm assuming yeah. that's a no. Uh, Toy Story 4 also opens on this day. Um, I assume we all have Toy Story on our lists. I have it at number three. Uh, Abe, what, do you have, what do you have, Toy Story? I have Toy Story at number two. Number two, okay. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. Mark, where do you have Toy Story? I have Toy Story at number three. Three? Jose? Number three. Number three. Scott, you have it at three? Yes. All right. Ooh. So, Abe, where, where, where are you at with Toy Story? Where, where are you have it at number two? Where you have it at number two for? I think it's going to uh, go uh, gangbusters. I think it's been increasing in, in revenue since Toy Story 2. Uh, I would be curious. I kind of have a feeling of what you guys have at number two. And maybe I've miscalculated. <laughs> but, you know, I, Toy Story, I think for the animated stuff, it's it's going to be pretty fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. hard to deny Pixar's strength. I mean, it's, especially when it comes to kind of nostalgia sequel. This is a 10-year in the making nostalgia yeah. sequel at this point. Right. <laughs> like, and I just mean, the repeatability watch factor of it, I, I'm going to take that into account as well. I mean, just think of the past couple of years, I've had Incredibles 2 and Finding Dory. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to count out some of the other very good Pixar films that made certainly a lot of money, but those movies the, did huge. I mean, those movies made a lot of money. Uh, and Toy Story. I, do, mm-hmm. I do think that this will be huge also. Uh, it's just that it that, the thing that's different about this is that it's Toy Story 4, and the third one was such a perfect ending. It, mm-hmm. There's less. I feel like there's less desire for this as there was for Incredibles 2, where people were thirsty for something that they hadn't seen for so long. Mm. So, I mean, I have it at three, so I'm obviously I expect it to be huge, but it, it not you know not two because of these factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I think it's it's thus far the marketing has been again it's it's sort of people it's, playing, are it's been playing coy. I think a little bit. It's yeah, they, I mean, to be fair, plenty of Pixar movies have crappy mark lousy marketing. Yeah, to their credit, because they don't give away the whole movie. And then yeah. you get the movie, you're like, oh, wow, this is really good. I mean, nothing about Finding Nemo convinced me it was going to be a new classic until I saw it. For the record, any caveat I have about Toy Story 4 is just, you know, why it only might make most of the money instead of all the money. Uh, that being said, yeah, it's, it feels like a corporate obligation. Uh, nobody was clamoring for a fourth one. And you can see to a certain extent that there is a strain even in the marketing who come up with a story that justifies a fourth one. Um, right. That means the movie's going to be bad? Absolutely not. In fact, if, I, if it's going where I think it's going, it might actually be very good. Um, or we, least, could all, we, we could all be blown away by it at the same well, time. It, it, has, it, has, it is a movie that's had production problems. It has, it's had yeah. a lot of writers going. But that's also, that's not on par for the chorus yeah. for Pixar. Other Pixar movies have had lots of problems and still yeah. been giant successes. Toy Story 2, for example. Toy Story 2, yeah, which was not uh-huh. even going to be a movie. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 to the extent that I think, oh, it might not do as well. Yeah, it's still going to do tons and tons of money. It just might not do tons and tons and tons of money. So live. Right. Well, next up, as far as killer toys go, there are ventriloquist dolls in Toy Story 4, which I'm sure are evil. So we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> um, but after that, uh, on June 28th, we have Annabelle Comes Home, uh, another chapter in the Conjuring universe, which has done quite well over the years. Uh, so with that with that in mind, uh, we have and ever by the way everybody else has Toy Story four pretty much in the same spot with some exceptions. Adam has it at number two. Sorry, yes, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so his list is a little weird. Uh, but yeah, well, everybody else Toy Story four is right. There. Jordan has it at number five. But anyway, Annabelle comes home. Brandon has it as a dark horse. I think it's mentioned a dark. Jordan has it as a dark horse. Marcus has it as a dark horse. A lot of people are banking on on Annabelle to, to make some money. I have it as a dark horse. Dark horse. Okay. Anybody um, else have Annabelle anywhere? Mm-mm. No. Um, nope. Nope. I okay. mean, on one hand, it's you know theoretically it's probably going to do the same 100 to 120 that the other ones all do. That being said, it's basically an Annabelle sequel that's also a Conjuring sequel in a way that you know basically 
it pits the most popular villain in the series against the, the heroes. You know, whether you want to make a joke about the Avengers or Captain America Civil War. Or Civil War, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Civil War. It's, it's still very much two franchises for the price of one. You know, it's sort of the showdown that's only been hinted at before, but never actually seen, et cetera, et cetera. It could be sort of a a coronation for the franchise, if you will, in a way that 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 allows it to do better than the series average. The things that make it hold it back for me is just its release date, for one. I think it's like it's almost close to where the purge has been for the past couple of years, which like they do well enough, but not like to make gangbusters. I think you're sandwiched between so much stuff. That said, Annabelle is part of a franchise that's frankly doing very good, but like creation made a lot of money, but that came out when? Like August? August. Or... In an otherwise dead August. Other than yeah. Which, right. Which helped it where yeah, I mean, this yeah. is coming out, even, even it's, it's coming up between two different horror movies about killer dolls. So it's, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of that going around. I don't deny. Yeah. It's going to make money, but is it going to make that much money? We'll see. We'll see where it goes. An interesting one coming up next here is Yesterday, which also opens up on June 28th. This is the Danny Boyle film yeah. about a man who loves the Beatles and wakes up one day to find that everybody has forgotten about the Beatles except for him, which I think is a brilliant premise, but does it make a bunch of money? Huh? Danny Boyle yeah. films don't always make a bunch of money. In right. fact, this would have to be the biggest Danny Boyle film of all time um, to uh, get onto the top ten for the summer. Bigger than Steve Jobs. Bigger than, well, now, Steve Jobs was a giant flop. Some of yeah. did really well, Still, but that was, uh, that was kind, of a, it's kind of out there. Uh, if it had been about a man who's the only person that remembers Weird Al Yankovic, then it would have made a billion dollars. Interesting <laughs> premise. Uh, this movie looks great. I, I really enjoyed the trailer, and I, I'm rooting for it for the summer. I just don't think it's going to do... It's yeah. going to fall into the niche category. It's a, it's a wide universal release, which is what it's the kind of thing where it has to like break. It has to be like the word of mouth has to be spectacular. It has to have like another trailer that just sends you over the moon, and people just got to be like, "I need to see those Beatles right now." Like it ha and and uh, not having a star that might that's not gonna you know help it much either. But uh, I don't have it anyway. Yeah. Alan has it as a dark horse. Anybody? So do I. You have it as a dark horse, okay? Yeah, I have this. If if it does what I like to call Mamma Mia money, it could maybe crack it. <laughs> and uh, that, that's sort of where I was thinking. I wanted something wild in my Dark Horses, and this, this was as brave as I got. I like it. Mark, do you have yesterday anywhere? I don't think so. Right? Uh, no, I am really looking forward to it, though. I, I, th I think it looks like something that would be really good. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, if I was going to predict money for this, I'd say like $50 million or something. Yeah, again, it, it's going to be like one or the other as far as like it either like does huge or it like does respectable, but it's well-liked. Like that's kind of what I think is going to happen here. But um, all right, moving on. Why did I put Midsummer on here? I guess because it's horror and maybe it works out. But Midsummer is the new, that'd have to be the, like the biggest A24 film of all time. Um, that's, that's the next <laughs> one from Ari Aster, uh, who did Hereditary last year, which was a sizable hit for A24. Yes. Yeah. It legged it out despite the. Uh, which, by the way, if this film gets anything higher than a D plus from Cinema Score, they have failed. <laughs> They'd be very ashamed of themselves. But uh, yeah, that that moved its date. It was coming out in August. Now it's coming out in true midsummer, July third. Um, but also that That's day, clever. Uh, or around that, we have Spider Man: colon, Far From Home opening July second. As we all know, it takes place before Endgame, right? That's the thing that makes sense. That's I think that's, so. That's the only yeah, reason. Totally that makes sense. sense. Uh, whatever. Spider Man's opening. It's a Spider Man movie. Spider Man has messed me up many times over the past couple of years, but uh, this year I'm thinking number four. That's where I have Spider Man on my <laughs> list. That's why uh, I have it too. Okay, uh, Mark, Same. how are you? 
I also have it at number four. You guys are really good at this. Looking at the gaps here, Abe, you have it either at number six or number three. That is correct. It's at number six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Spider-Man? Well, I, mean, I think it's going it's it's to do well. I just don't know. I mean, it's such a crowded summer. I and mean, there's there's like a ton of things that are for families this, this summer that I think are going to be ahead of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. You mean the the superhero that's for families? Yeah, yeah, the friendliest neighborhood Spider-Man. The friendliest kind of, of superheroes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, what were you saying? Well, no, I, and again, you know, like a couple other of these, you know, this is the caveats are why it only makes most of the money, not all the money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Spider-Man Homecoming was the only big live-action kids movie between middle early July and early November, which, you know, it's, it's almost unprecedented. For whatever reason, you know, the end of summer and beginning of fall was very adult-skewing. Um, this won't have that uh, benefit. It will theoretically get an Avengers bump. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp, not the same thing. That went up 19% between installments. Uh, if this goes up 19% globally, it tops a billion dollars. I'm not saying it's going to do that. I'm saying it could. Um, the other advantage that it has is that, you know, for the first time in forever, uh, Sony's Spider-Man <laughs> franchise is actually, you know, good. I mean, you know, when people say, you know, Sony's got a new Spider-Man, something coming out, it's a promise rather than a threat. You know, they are, to a certain extent, will be coasting off the goodwill of, relatively speaking, Venom, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Into the Spider-Verse. So you have goodwill from Marvel, and you have goodwill from Sony's stuff. Um, it looks fun. Um, it looks, you know, enjoyable. It looks character-centric, blah, blah, blah. And if it does take place after Endgame, which I'm assuming it does, you know, this is going to be, hey, look, Spider-Man, I'm assuming he's not dead at the end of Endgame. Um, uh, I assume that the second Endgame comes out, the title changes from Far From Home to Spider-Man's Alive Again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're not. So, <laughs> someone's going to whine about me spoiling Endgame because I suggest that Peter Parker isn't dead. But yeah, I, I think there's goodwill from that. You know, Which, to be fair, again, we don't know this. We're only saying this because no, we we're adults with understanding of how things work but, yeah. <laughs> in terms of marketing. <laughs> I, 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 I laughed. At Infinity War, when Black Panther vaporized, he's like, "Oh, that's not gonna stick." Um, and but anyway, you know, I, I uh, and you know, I, I think people really like this version of Spider-Man, and if they didn't like him after Homecoming, they like him a lot after Infinity War. You know, he ad-libbed himself in the most memorable death in the film. The only thing that I think brings us down is that there's no Tony Stark, uh, though that might be more of an issue international than domestic. Yeah. Um, it's just another Spider-Man sequel. You know, there's no, he's back with Marvel, finally. or And there's going to be a lot of kids flicks. Yeah, these and are the back I, and forth, although, these are, these although are the back and forth aspects. Although I don't think is going to break out, you know, it still exists. Yeah, I mean, he's there. But Homecoming did really well. Like, yeah. Really well. 300 plus. I mean, so Spider-Man is very viable. And I don't think, yeah, I think Endgame is, I, that's only going to add to this. I think Endgame yeah. is going to be the perfect reason for people to want to see this movie even more. Uh, regardless of how it plays out, I think people are going to be so thrilled that Spider-Man's around that they're like, "Yes, give me this movie. Give me yeah, give, it's going to lift their spirits. Give me zany adventures with Spider-Man again because I don't want to see Peter Parker begging to not ha- die die anymore." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've, I've watched it. Spider-Man too as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that's Spider-Man. We all figured as much is going on over there. What's next on this list? Oh, of course, that's right. July twelfth, Stuber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kubeo Nyanjani and Dave Batista, buddy cop duo, 
perfect for the summer. Jordan has it as a dark horse, and that's the last time I think we're going to mention Stuber. Um, next up on this list, July 19th, The Lion King. By a process of elimination, I know where all you have picked Lion King. So, um, <laughs> that is it's, untrue. It's mostly number two. Abe, do you have Lion King anywhere but number three? Uh, Dark Horse. Oh! No, I'm just Are kidding. It's number three. I figured as much. Okay. <laughs> I would do that. So we all have Lion King very, very high. Mark, you want to talk a little bit about Lion King? Um, well, I mean, I think this is going to be sort of the idea. It's like what Beauty and the Beast was. Uh, it's a classic IP. People love the original animated Lion King. It's it's one of the most beloved films of all time. And now they're doing this live action version. Uh, Beauty and the Beast had great success with this. I think uh, Lion King will have a huge success as well. Uh, it's got Beyonce. It's got... Don, uh, Danny Donald Glover, Donald Glover i.e. Childish Gambino. So, I mean, it's just a culmination of all these things that I think are going to just make it one of the biggest films of the summer. Yeah, I mean, the nostalgia factor, it's one thing for Men in Black or Pikachu, but Lion King is this, like, you know, it, it was an event in 95. <laughs> it's it's going to be an event again. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. Regardless of what you think, how it looks... At least what Twitter says, I think there's just there's so much here that it's going to draw everybody in out of not just curiosity, but just the fact that they can see the Lion King in a whole new way on a big screen. I think that plays huge into why you'd be excited for this movie. I like that John Favreau's gone out of his way to clarify that it's not a scene for scene remake just to make sure that, you know, people that aren't smart enough to understand that it's not going to be a scene for scene remake are aware of this. But um, yeah, fans dance like what's wrong with that, man? But uh, here we are, Lion King. And and uh, John Favreau did the Jungle Book, which was also, was also huge, <laughs> which is huge. And but people, love, I mean, I think there's more love for Lion King than there is for the original Jungle Book. Uh, it's it's just yeah, it's gonna be big. Yeah, and it's uh. got a good chunk of the summer to work on too. Like it's in the it's yeah. in the it's in the Nolan slot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of big movies, there's really only one. We'll get to that eventually. There's one very big film in August. But otherwise, you know, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> the only, you know, unless it's inexplicably terrible, I, they, I, I don't see, you know, yes, film Twitter will complain about whether it's a animation or, you know, photo reel or live action. Film Twitter will complain about, oh, you know, people, you know, people rejecting original ideas. They just want comfort, nostalgia, blah, blah, blah. But everyone's going to see it. I'll, um, I'll just keep pointing this out. Disney has yet to call this a live action movie. Everyone else wants to yeah. say live action. They have not said this. I just like pointing yeah. that out because everyone wants to say it's like, how come you're calling this live action? The only people that have said that are people that write articles online about it, not act, so, not the actual studio making the movie. And what did Disney call it? They don't call it anything. They call it the Lion King. They call it the... oh, just, oh, they're just not commenting. Okay. Well, there, there's nothing to comment on. It's the Lion King. Like they, they don't, they, they know what they have. <laughs> but uh, like it, it is different. Like it, it isn't. It's not technically a live action movie. It's not. It's it's basically an animated movie, but they haven't said either. They're just happy calling it The Lion King. Now, if they really had, you know, Hutzpah, they'd put it in the Disney Nature franchise. That'd be <laughs> a winner right there. And an IMAX. I, I've heard a rumor that there's going to be a few cameos from some of the adventures of those Disney Nature movies in Lion King. It better be that polar bear that I love. Yeah, it's going to be from Disney's Bears. That's what's going to be. <laughs> grizzly bear cub is super cute. Yeah. It's a spinoff of African cats. You've been demanding. Yeah, no, it's going to have Nick Fury's going to pop up and narrate. Next up, uh, July 26th, we got a couple releases here. First is Brahms, 
colon, The Boy 2. Which is another reminder that I have The Boy on my Netflix queue and I should boy. finally watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch that second one, that, that first one. Just which is like, do it, just hov- it hovers in the number six spot on my queue, so I don't and, quite and see don't it. you don't want to watch it, just read the spoiler and you'd be like, I should have watched it instead. I'm not, I'm not you, I'm gonna watch the movie. I just, I just need to like remember to do it. <laughs> I have till July 26. Does anyone have The Boy? What did The Boy, what did the first Boy make, Scott? It was weirdly leggy. I mean, really? it opened during a really bad, I think it was a snowstorm or a rainstorm. So it was, it was like a February release, right? Muted. It did $10 million, and then it legged it to like 35 oh. despite not being particularly beloved by anyone. Um, I have seen the film. I can see why it didn't immediately vanish from theaters. I don't want to give any spoilers away. So, and, you know, it's SDX, so it's, it's one of their bigger hits by default, so it makes sense that they would do a sequel. Um, but I don't think anyone's clamoring for it. Well, uh, having we'll see. Yeah, having said that, it's the first horror, you know, it's the first horror film since midsummer and early July. And off the top of my head, I think it's the last horror film of the, well, that's for them. No, there's, there's, there's one more. Yeah. There's two more actually coming. Uh, I will take your, I know one we'll more. Get, well, I'm going to mention yeah. them. We'll get there. Yeah, it, yeah. it feels like this year has a lot yeah. of horror movies. A lot of mainstream yeah, like horror not. movies. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of notable mainstream horrors, yes. Yeah. There, there are quite a number. That's post later this week, but yes. <laughs> I mean, mainly because it's, mainly it's, it's, sequels and I, it's sequels and IP. That's why. Yeah. Like, that's what's helping. <laughs> With like one exception here or there. Uh, but yes, yeah, none of us have the boy twos. It doesn't really matter uh, as far as keeping this going. Uh, but the other film coming out that date is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have this. This is my number 10. Uh, Mine too. It's a, okay. It's a tricky pick. Uh, because mm-hmm. yes, it's an R-rated film that's presumably going to be at least two hours um, and going to involve content that some people might object against. But I don't, again, I think that's more of an online thing than anything. But the biggest thing is it's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie directed by Quentin Tarantino, a director that generally makes hits. I mean, yeah. without give or take a few things, which generally come down to lower budgets and release dates, his Django and Inglorious Bastards are giant hits. Like those, those did a lot of money, and I right, think Leonardo it, DiCaprio starring in this movie is going to help this quite a bit for a summer. It, uh, Brad Pitt, no less too. Inglorious Bastards was a hit in the summer yeah. of two thousand and nine, so mm-hmm. there yeah. is a precedent for this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when they originally wanted to open it, which unfortunately, intentionally or not, that was like the sixtieth anniversary of the actual fiftieth anniversary of the actual murders. I, I don't think that went by Tarantino's head when he put the movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but still. It, it did mine. My first thought was, oh, that's the glorious laughter spot. Good for them. And then, you know, for whatever, you know, after film Twitter complained, they moved it back a week. Or up a week. Well, with that said, yeah, we both had a number 10. Did anybody yeah. else have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood anywhere? I have it as a dark horse. Okay. I no? also have it as a dark horse. I do not. Okay, so it's a lot of words to type. Uh, okay, so everybody, Brandon has it as a dark horse. Adam has it as a dark horse. I think Scott and I are the only ones that actually have it in our top ten. Maxwell has it as a dark horse, uh, but yeah, I do. I, I do think the Leo thing. This is his first movie after The Revenant. Like it's been a minute, and people like yeah. Leo. Uh, people people like Leo in their movies. Yeah. So I do think that. It, again, it has a huge. I'm, not, I'm mentioning only Leo, but again, Brad Pitt doesn't hurt like in a movie either. Uh, Margot Robbie, um, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. Again, things that don't hurt your movies uh, as far as these things go. So yeah, it, there, there's potential there. I. It's a, this is this is the one that I was juggling the most as far as what concludes my top ten here. I had it at number ten, but I could have like swapped that with Rocket Man or Dark Phoenix. <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I obviously 
you know, I'm a giant Tarantino fan. This is one of my most anticipated films in general, but we'll you know, we'll see what that turns up as far as uh, box office wise. Aaron, I was just gonna say, I fully expect this to be on your top ten at the end of the year. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna predict it. You said Dark Horse, right? I said Dark Horse. Yeah, okay. Make it just yeah. for the list. All right. Uh, what's up next? Uh, we okay. We have Dora and the Lost City of Gold coming July thirtieth. Um, Terrence has this as a dark horse, uh, and that's all I see. Anybody have Dora anywhere? Not after that trailer. Given what's left in the slots nope. here, yeah, I'm seeing nobody else has. <laughs> I, I guess I could assume what the, the remaining slots in this list are. Actually, come to think of it, um, but yeah, I I just mentioned this because. Yeah, perhaps not as popular as something like Pokemon, but I said there's certainly a precedent for well, a Nickelodeon character like this getting a D- big... Dora went off the air in 2014, I believe. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out who is this for, because the the children that watch this are now in fifth grade. So are they going to have nostalgia for that? I, I just, I don't think so. And then children who are infants or, or toddlers don't even know who this is. So it, it's an odd... <laughs> It's an yeah. odd thing. I just don't know who. Who? I mean, I don't know. It's, and, it's, and it just doesn't look very good. I think that's the. <laughs> I like, think there's that. <laughs> it, it like it looks. It doesn't look like. It looks like it's trying to do too like too many things as far as like it's not. It's not the. It's not the character's age, right? Dora's young, right? Like she's young, yeah. younger than the it, young it, person they have in this. It looks like yeah. she's cosplaying the original Dora. Yeah, so it's she's like a teenager who's still dressed the clothes of a five of a six year old. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, why? I mean, yeah, very, very confusing. If if this was like a mockumentary type movie, I'd get it. But and that's uh, yeah. But it's like, even then, that's still a pretty like. If pop star can't amount to anything, like a, a satirical look at Dora is not going to exactly make the break the bank open. Yeah. With the caveat, the movie did make a lot of money back in 1999. This feels like the Inspector Gadget movie, oh, where it is technically an adaptation of a popular source material for kids. It seemed to go out of its way to, you know, frankly, be unfaithful for no particular reason in a way that won't appeal to general audiences and will just annoy the fan base. You sound like Mark talking about Dumbo. <laughs> Fair enough. Watch this movie is going to get like 100% on critics and then also is going to make like $200 million. <laughs> but can you guys imagine like a, 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 the way that they make it for the TV show where they pause intermittently? To like, <laughs> know, that's, that's what I was thinking. That's what I wanted to see. You know there's going to be <laughs> some gag like that, though, where she's going to be like, what do you think? And it pauses, <laughs> then, the ca- then the camera like shifts over to like, what is his name, Eugenio Debenez, yeah. like just standing there like, oh, you're talking to me? Like it's going to have some kind of joke like that. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make a Dora the Explorer movie, make a Dora the Explorer movie. Yeah. I mean, there's, the source material that show is fun. As far as the stuff my kids force me to watch, yeah. it's generally entertaining. I'll just say, this: the trailer for this movie does not make me look forward to the Dr. McStuffins movie. <laughs> if they're going to uh... ruin it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, also opening that week, because Dora moved like a couple days back, uh, Hobbs and, sorry, Fast and Furious present, <laughs> colon, Hobbs and Shaw. I'm pretty sure I'm filling in all the gaps that are still remaining with this movie, if I'm not mistaken. I have it at number seven. Abe, where do you have Hobbs and Shaw? I also have number seven. All right. Jose? I have it six. Six. Mark? Uh, nine. Number nine. Scott? Seven. Seven. Okay, so we all have also, Hobbs and Shaw. Also, I have it the lowest, then. You have the lowest. Hobbs and Shaw. Everyone else has it on here. Adam has it somewhere. Is it? Where's Adam's? Maybe not. Uh, 
All right, Adam doesn't have move. Bold Sorry. move. Alan has it here at number eight. Brandon has it at Brandon has it at nine. Jay has it at seven. Jordan has it at four. Let's see. Marcus has it at eight. Peter has it at seven. Philip has it at four. A couple fours hit here. Pretty high. Wow. Um, this, this is yeah. one of those movies I think internationally will do spectacular. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. I just think the, the box office for this in the U.S. will be more uh, moderate. Here's the thing. Fast and the Furious movies these days don't tend to come out in the summer. <laughs> they, come, they tend to come out in April. Which has been weird. Fast at Six was like the last one that came out in the summertime, mm. um, and it did w- well. Like it was still, it had this weird like, it was going up, 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 and then Fate of the Furious it went kind of like, eh, now it went a little down. Even though internationally it still did spectacular. Yeah, this is a tricky beast because I was I was looking at the, this is another this was probably besides Aladdin and Pikachu. I was like, what's this gonna do? Because it's like Statham and The Rock. They can go either way. It's like Nathan doesn't tend to go very high unless he has something huge, like unless he has Furious Seven or a giant shark attached to him. So it's like, what, what's he gonna do? And then The Rock, without the family, I don't know if, uh, if if this does as well. I don't know. Fate of the Furious was a come down for the series. Again, that was an April release, but it was still a come down at least domestically. Last year, The Rock by himself in Skyscraper didn't do well. Right. <laughs> like, wasn't a hit. Or at least, again, at least domestically. Hashtag uh, he's got a fake leg. He's got a fake leg. Uh, thank you, Abe. Um, <laughs> the Rock yeah, and, I, I mean, and I, Baywatch yeah. didn't do well. And Baywatch didn't do well. I mean, The the Rock is a draw in certain things, the IP or whatnot. So Fast and Furious, it's still an IP. It's a big thing. It has Statham. It has the stuff that you like about Fate of the Furious, presumably, which is why they gave him this spinoff. Does it do amazing? I don't think it does number four, but yeah, I got it. I got it at number seven, but yeah, I had it at nine for a while too because I don't know what the fuck Aladdin's gonna do. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jose, where, where's your take on this? You're a big rock guy. You you got it at number six. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, sort of like you said, this could have been anywhere between six and ten, really. I think I just thought that this would do better than Aladdin and and Godzilla, just based off. It's a Fast and Furious movie, but we've never had sort of like a spinoff. I'd be curious to compare this to like Tokyo Drift, which at the time sort of felt like a spinoff, right? Um, yeah, but then you have, true. And then you have The Rock. Um, you know, people are going to be excited, you know, to hear me come back on Out Now because it's another Rock movie. Yeah, of course, yeah. think, you know, that's, a, that's a big draw. That's a big pull. Yeah, um, no, I, I think it is. We're getting the flyers ready. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that this will be sort of what Skyscraper wasn't, which is The Rock and like a fun, dumb premise. Like there's cyborgs in the Fast and Furious, <laughs> um, like, you know, universe now. Like, I think this could tick all the boxes that Skyscraper didn't. Um, and then Descri- describing this, Hobbs and Shaw is probably as fun as watching Hobbs and Shaw as far as what it is. Yeah, like, this like... is the next step we need for them to end up in space. We now have cyborgs, <laughs> and the leap gets getting keeps getting smaller and smaller. This, this is the next step that we need. That I didn't watch. I didn't watch the full like forty minute trailer that they released online because it was it was like revealing everything. But I just assume it ends with them being like, "We got to get in this rocket." What do you mean we got to get in this rocket? You heard me. And then they go like, "I don't know what, how else you conclude something like this." But yeah, here I hear what you're saying, and yeah, it's this kind of big balls at the wall action movie coming in the beginning of August, so it has a lot of time to do some business. Um, but it's also it's giving you what that Mission Impossible thing gives you. This kind of four quadrant look at all this crazy stuff we can do action movie without being terribly grisly about it in the same way john wick's most likely going to be but uh 
Scott, anything to add as far as Hobbs and Shaw goes? More or less. I mean, it, 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 I, you know, A, it looks fun. B, it's, yes, it's a Fat of Furious spinoff, but it's selling itself in a way that looks very entertaining and worth your time and money, even if you're not a fan of the series. You know, it's basically a super budget, you know, Jason Statham, Dwayne Johnson action adventure picture with Idris Elba as the bad guy. That has to help, too. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Like, I as mean, much as know, he doesn't sell element. on his own, like, it, yeah. as an added He's value element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's opening in that golden first weekend of August slot. I mean, they, you know, at least since The Fugitive, you know, if the movie's any good, then it closes out the bar. And even um, if it's not good, it's likely it's going to deliver the thing that you're coming to see. Yes, exactly. Unless your reviews say this movie is bad and boring. You know, even Suicide Squad was luckier than Civil War that summer. Um, because it gave people what they wanted out of a Suicide Squad movie, and it was the last biggie of the summer. So it played out till, uh, well, whenever, I think Sully, in early September. That get, keep in mind, this gamble ends Labor Day weekend, so we can't, <laughs> we can only go so far. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's obviously not going to do Furious 7 numbers, because that was sort of a zeitgeist moment. And, but I, I think it will be a slight uptick from Fate of the Furious, which did about adjusted for inflation, about average for the Fast and Furious sequels. So yeah, I mean, I, I, they are selling it as a spinoff, and they're selling it as some, as a huge deal, even if you don't care what it's spun off from. All right. Let's see. I'll mention, I forgot to mention this earlier. There's a movie called Ad Astra that stars Brad Pitt that was supposed to come out on May 24th. It hasn't technically been moved from that schedule. I just don't think it's going to happen. Thank yeah, so that that gives that the segue to the next film, which is New Mutants, which is still scheduled for August second. Although I've heard rumors that it's going to be moved um, <laughs> whenever it gets moved. Um, but yeah, this movie is another one like like Dark Phoenix, the other X Men movie that's supposedly mm-hmm. coming out this summer that has been sitting around for a while. The trailer came out what like a year and a half ago for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's been that. a while. It's been a while. So yeah, I we've all filled out our list at this point, uh, so there's no reason to expect any of you to have New Mutants on here, but there's no reason to because it's probably not going to come out this summer. But uh, <laughs> maybe it does and whatever, but I just I don't see that happening. Let it, what if it does? What if it comes out and it's a huge hit? It's like this, you guys are Get completely on wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it, make, it, it works out. Uh, but yeah, that's probably not going to happen, so I'll just keep moving. I'm going to kind of zoom through some of these because we've filled out our list at this point, although there still might be a dark horse dimension for some of the other guests or sorry, uh, member, uh, participants. Mm-hmm. Um, Artemis Fowl, this is the, the YA adaptation that's coming out of one of Disney's other movies that's coming out this summer, um, and whereas August 9th. Terrence has it at number 10, uh, and Adam has it as a dark horse. Okay. Good good on them. I, I, I died. It's like 15 years too late. Yeah, the YA thing is just, <laughs> it's not time <laughs> for this movie. I saw this trailer, and I was like, what the fuck is this trailer? And I was like, oh, Artemis Fowl. I was like, didn't this yeah like what jose was saying like wasn't this supposed to come out like six years ago well it's a new kenneth Branagh joint so at least it'll look fun kb kb <laughs> kb and his toys <laughs> um the kitchen uh, also comes out august 9th this is what melissa mccarthy haddish and elizabeth moss elizabeth moss it's based off a graphic novel I assume it's like an action comedy type thing, maybe some drama in there. Haven't seen a trailer yet, but it got moved from what September to now to to August. Yes. So I mean, I be, it's is it Warner Brothers a new line? Is it what, uh, both? Yeah, both. new line. So I assume they're seeing something good enough to be like, let's put this in the summer. Yeah. Um, none of uh, none of us have it mentioned anywhere, and we haven't seen a. I think probably what cinema 
Khan probably saw some footage, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But besides that, nobody's really seen anything from this movie yet. And it, this is a drama. It's yeah, uh, because that cast a, sounds so a, comedy to me. It's a it's a it's based off a graphic novel. It's a crime drama yeah. technically, but I wouldn't be. I I I'd expect to have some you know sense of levity going on with it, but. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not specific. From what I can tell, it's not specifically like a laugh out loud comedy. That's not what they're going for with this. <laughs> but with all that said, I haven't seen anything from it yet to really know anything. But at the same time, could be a moderate hit. We'll see. Also on the ninth, scary stories to tell in the dark. This uh, one I had some some thoughts on just with regard to Dark Horse, but I was like, it's coming out so late in August. I don't, I don't think it's going to make enough to to push into like you know a 60 million dollar territory I, yeah i think it's just niche it's it's a, yeah. it's a horror movie it's an anthology horror movie. but i'm, I'm super stoked for this yeah for, yeah for the del trip. toro's producing it like that's cool like i'm into what they're selling me but yeah as far as a giant hit for the summer not quite expecting that yeah um let's see bonded by the light this is a film from the director of um Bend it like Beckham. I heard a lot of great things coming out of Sundance for this movie. I don't expect it to be a big hit. Once again, it's coming out mid-August. Uh, but I wanted to throw it on there because it seems like a movie that will probably get some attention for various reasons. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and the last horror movie of the month that I mentioned, Scott. 47 Meters Down, colon, oh, uncaged. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the follow-up to the previous 47 Meters Down. I'm not sure if they go a, even 47 meters more down, which would have been a great title. <laughs> or I, I'm still upset that they didn't choose 48 meters down, as we initially thought. But, but this one says uncaged, so either they're just going to be really upfront about their politics, or they might just open the cages. I don't know. Uh, open the cages! Yeah. That's August 16th. Again... What was the, is that ST? No, that's not it. That's like some other random studio, isn't it? Or yeah, Entertainment Studios. Entertainment, yeah, Entertainment, yeah. So, it's, and the first one did like, oh, like, oh, like 40 and change. Yeah. So they rescued it from the DVD bin, basically. Yeah, because it was going to go straight to video, and they're like, we screened it, and we did pretty good, so we put it in the theaters. And it's, it's a movie. <laughs> August 16th also has the Angry Birds movie 2, another one mm. of those creative titles. Adam has it as a dark horse. I like Adam's bold choices this year. I, I really dig it, Adam. Adam has the most bold choices on this list, I guarantee. Yeah. Oh, he has Dor- he has Dora at number nine, come to think of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, if Adam ends up winning, I'm just going to be like, I will never play this game again. I, I don't want to keep talking about Adam because he's not here. I'd, have, I'd happily have him defend himself. But he has Avengers Endgame, Toy Story 4, Spider-Man, The Lion King, Aladdin, Dark Phoenix. That's a crazy list. I'm sorry. That's, that's insane. Adam, I got your back, buddy. We'll see what happens. I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing how this turns out. But yes, uh, Angry Birds movie two. What did first Angry Birds do? It didn't make the. It was it. It didn't make the it top ten. Right? Two domestic. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but that movie sucked. It did. <laughs> it sucked. I was a lot. really angry about it. Yeah, Anna was angry about it. <laughs> we saw it. Um, I never saw it happen. I was angry you too. You never need to. Like so as I was watching the whole time, I was like, "What is the point of this movie?" It's not good. But that's August sixteenth. Also, August sixteenth is Good Boys. This is the uh, Jacob Tremblay led. Oh no, this is the Jacob Tremblay led like raunchy comedy. That, had, that, and... that trailer looks great. The red band yeah, trailer. Yeah, no, it looks funny, but it's it looks like super bad minus five more years. Um, but, um, but yeah, as I mean, Seth Rogen keeps on getting older, his uh, movie portrayal keeps on getting younger. His proxies keep getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've heard great things about it, except from Scott Menzel. But everybody else loves it, so uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, as far as giant hits of the summer, I don't think the last two weeks are going to be pretty good for it. Um, speaking of which, the last movie of the summer, 
before this contest ends is Angel Has Fallen. This is the third chapter in the Gerard Butler Gets Super Xenophobic trilogy. Did not um, even know this movie was coming out. I think Jose might have mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I, I mentioned it because Adam oh. has it as his number 10 film, <laughs> which means that Angel Has Fallen would have to make like $140 million within seven Watch days. Watch it do it! Watch it do it! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this oh. is this is the yeah Gerard Butler protects the president movie. Uh, I assume it's aboard Air Force One since it's called Angels Fallen, so it's a glorified remake of Air Force One, right? That's what we that's what we're going for. If they say get off my plane, would you be surprised? <laughs> it, I'm sure it'll be some variation. Like it'll just be, it'll probably be like him saying get off my fucking plane because it's R rated. I mean, none, none of the other two even reached a hundred million, so I mean, there's no reason to think this one would. Are those yeah. STX or are they like Summit? They're Summit, right? Uh, this one is Lionsgate, straight up. This, okay, it's fine. Were the other two Summit? Uh, the first one was Film District. Oh, there we go, Film Doesn't District. Exist yeah. north. And then I want to say London yeah, Fallen was... Focus Nerd? Features. Focus. Oh, okay. Well, that was Universal, basically. Well, that makes sense. I remember yeah. where we saw it. That's a theater that I would see it in, um, as far as press screenings go. Uh, Angels Fallen, that's the last film. That will be the one that concludes our... Uh... <laughs> Our summer week, our summer gamble um, before Labor Day weekend. The week after that is It Chapter 2, which I considered putting in just to see how much it would make as opening weekend goes. Yeah. <laughs> like if that's going to like bump it up into the top 10, which would be very yeah. impressive. And it's totally possible that that could happen. But we go, by our rules. we go by our rules. Labor Day's weekend is when it ends. That comes out a week after. Oh, yep. well, and every Labor Day, we watch the movie Labor Day and review it over and over and over again. That should be what the loser has to do. Maybe we don't need a prize for the winner. <laughs> the loser just has to watch Jason Reitman's Labor Day and write and, 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 and give us a review on the podcast the next week. I mean, you'd fall in love with a criminal if they look like uh, uh, Josh Brolin, too, right? JB? Um, <laughs> who plays the son in that movie? I was just thinking of that, too. It's not Logan Lerman. It's like one of those kids. Oh, is it one Lerman. of those guys, the, the dark haired like, boys? It's one of that crew. <laughs> Labor Day. Uh, let me see here. Catelyn Griffith. I don't. I don't know. He was young Hal Jordan. He was, I think, the kid that got kidnapped in Changeling. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so okay. Well, that goes through all the summer. I'm trying to think, look at any other outliers here on anybody's list. I think I've got everybody everybody's list here. We got everybody. Here, I'll put these up, of course, on the webpage, but outside of that, what else, guys? Uh, I think we all know what we're thinking is going to like dominate the summer, but what are we like really looking forward to? Obviously, I'm looking forward to Godzilla. What, what, what are you guys like really looking forward to this summer? I, I'm really looking forward to The Art of Self-Defense. This is a, a dark comedy uh, by Riley Stearns. He directed Faults. Which, if, oh, if like you have, movie. yeah, really kind of quirky, odd film. And this Art of Self Defense, it stars Jesse Eisenberg. I also think it's going to be kind of quirky and, and interesting. Um, and then I'm also excited about uh, Book Smart, which is with uh, Caitlin Dever. She was in Beautiful Boy. And then, uh, is it Jeannie? Feldstein? Jeannie Feldstein, yeah. Yeah, she was in Lady Bird. Um, she's kind of an interesting talent. I, I, I like her. Uh, so that's interesting. And then also um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes. Also, yes. Yeah. really looking forward to that as well. And it has to, uh, it's just kind of an interesting. Uh, the, I saw a little, read a little bit about it, and I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, the, the, that's. It's basically that, Godzilla, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are like movies I just cannot wait to see. 
Mm. Um, there's all, there's plenty of stuff I'm looking forward to see. There's a lot of smaller movies that I know I'm going to be like, oh yeah, that's coming out this summer that I'm like not thinking of right now. <laughs> but there's there's a lot coming out. Abe, hey, how about you? What are you looking forward to this summer? As far as the small movies go, I'm looking forward to um, man, I can't remember. We were just talked about the Beatles movie. Um, yesterday. yesterday yesterday thank you i'm uh, a big danny last... boyle fan so yeah i'm looking forward to that quite a bit yeah i mean the trailer yeah. looks very very uh saccharine and and you know it looks like a nice little wholesome story uh we'll see what happens as as well as uh, last five in san francisco and then also um link later's movie um oh um where'd you go right at yeah. yeah and then as far as like the 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 temples sure but then of the temples i'd say that um uh Avengers Infinity War for sure and then just I just want to see how John Wick rounds out so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to John Wick for sure oh the Nightingale comes out this summer too Jennifer Kent's follow up to the Babadook oh yeah waiting for that forever so yeah that's that's hitting this summer finally I know it's been at festivals for like half a year so I've been wanting to see this Um, and I know like nothing about it too I'm just really excited to see whatever that next movie is Jose how about you Where, where, where are you looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to some comedies. So um, Mark brought up uh, Booksmart, which looks really fun. Um, and also, uh, what's the one that's coming out here? Not too far. Uh, Long Shot. The. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth that Rogen. just looks like fun. Um, yeah, and then Good Boys. So um, I, I think those are the things where a, a lot of times over the summer, uh, there's this big movies that I'm looking forward to that I usually enjoy. Um, but there's always like a comedy or two that. It comes out of nowhere, and at least for me personally, it ends up something that I watch like over and over again. And my friends and I end up quoting to each other and all that. So <laughs> looking forward to finding whatever that is this year. The boy too, um, Scott. How about you? What are you, uh, <laughs> um, what are you looking well, I mean, Scott? obviously, aside from the really big ones like Avengers, and uh, you know, I am looking forward to Pokemon. It looks cute. Uh, Brightburn. I, yeah. I can't wait yeah. to be disappointed by that one. Oh. <laughs> Not for the film's fault necessarily. But you know what the movie I have in my head is probably a lot bigger than the one I'm gonna get. Hmm. Um, I hope it will be like a nice companion to Chronicle. I know there'll be different yeah, kinds of movies, but as far as that was scales than concerned, I expected. yeah, it does kind of the scope expands as it goes and, and yeah. in an impressive way. I think. Yeah. Um, that Josh Trank, he's really going somewhere. I think. That's uh, <laughs> it. The people it, associated with that movie has sort of blighted what a darn good film it was. I, I mean, have they though? I mean, it's more of. People, I, don't, I just don't think people talk about Chronicle at all at this point. I, yeah, I, but, but yeah, but I mean, because um, I've Josh Trank on Twitter, like he's been very self-effacing about everything. Like he talks about yeah. how much he failed and everything, but he also has a movie coming out this year with Tom Hardy that yep. he wrote, produced, and directed. So he's I'll go both I mean, so, uh, the hostel looks fun. Um, I'm sure that's it'll the, be that's a dirty, rotten scoundrel yeah. remake. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if Ad Astra ever comes out, that would be super. Yeah, that's uh, from uh, um, Ad, Ad Astra is from the director of uh, what's it, uh, The Yards and uh, The Lost City of Z, yeah. um, and I, which I'm a huge fan of. And is like, now he's doing sci-fi. Give me this. I want to see what this is. Ma looks like a lot of fun. I'm very curious about Dark Phoenix. I mean, I'm, I'm it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I'm curious how much of it was directed by Dexter Fletcher, but yeah, I'm sure like <laughs> whatever Simon Kinberg delivers on, uh, um, on this one, we'll see what's happening. And, you know, honestly, you know, jokes aside, I think, you know, Annabelle Comes Home could be a fun, you know, everything's led up to this type of installment. I mean, Annabelle Creation is my favorite film of the Conjuring universe, so I I, 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 I want it to work. Yeah. I know it's blasphemy for some who just love the Conjuring, and good on you. I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I like uh, Annabelle Creation. I think it's just yeah. gonzo nuts in a fun way. And, you know, um, Spider-Man looked like a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and hopefully they won't have Peter Parker scoring up the entire movie. 
21 Bridges is supposed to be a very old-school cop thriller with Chadwick Boseman. I'm yeah, looking... I'm, all, I'm all for Chadwick Boseman getting lead roles in movies. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look forward to everybody swearing that they're totally in favor of diversity now not seeing that in theaters and then wondering why it bombs. Let me mention some of the listeners, um, what their picks are here. Uh, I asked the question of what everybody's looking forward to this summer. Nathan writes, for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, most anticipated yeah. film since Dunkirk. Uh, Chris writes, John Wick Chapter 3, Godzilla, Brightburn, Oh, The Dead Don't Die, the Jim Jarmusch film. Of course I'm looking forward to this. Um, I forgot that completely. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Philip has uh, Makoto Shinkai's Weathering With You. Uh, Mike has Godzilla and then the Avengers. Ruben has Godzilla. And Justin has, honestly, I don't have any currently. I have a, little, I have a list to go through. Thanks for doing that for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, lots of, a lot of Godzilla there, honestly, which I'm not averse to. With that in mind, what do you guys think are uh, just going to maybe not do so well this summer? What, what are you expecting to uh, die in a fire? <laughs> <laughs> just die in a fire? Well, that's a yeah. Tough question. Um, I was, I was, I, I, I don't know if it's going to die. Obviously, it's not going to die in fire, but everyone's hesitation on where Aladdin's going to be kind of mm-hmm. made me curious as well. It's like, maybe I, I, maybe I did put it really high. So, I'm curious. Um, I I think Men in Black has a lot of potential to fail. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I I I just without Will Smith being in there and just the record that Chris Hemsworth's had, it just doesn't seem like it might add up to like a ton. Um, I think I think that Artemis Fowl could. Actually... Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's and... like my guarantee. Which by you know that'll of course make more money now just because we said that. But we'll see what happens. Well, if that's the way that's going, I'm predicting Godzilla, you know, monsters will be a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a... but no, I mean, it, that could go either way because the Lego movie too scared me. Yeah. They're not, the, you know, it's apples and oranges to a certain extent, but it's also a sequel five years later and you're not getting the whole, you know, finally this is done right type scenario, which is what it was with Godzilla. And we're excited. The nerds are excited, but do the general audiences care anymore? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to think they do. It looks good. Warner Brothers is making all the right moves marketing-wise. I think I'm, I'm feeling, I mean, just, look, just looking at our, our own Facebook page list where I have most people mentioning Godzilla, I think I, I feel that excitement here. I'm not yeah. saying it's translating into giant mega blockbuster of all time, but I do think it's there as far as this is going to be one that stands out <laughs> along with nine others. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Shaft could make, well, Sam Jackson, I'm sure it'll be fine. I think Shaft will be like you know, it, a good, a solid fifty. <laughs> I, I'm confused. Is this Shaft a sequel to the 2000 Shaft, or is they're it... all sequels? None of them are remakes. Okay, so this yeah. is, but it is, it is the same. Yes, it is. A, it is Jackson a sequel. Se- yeah, okay. it's a sequel yeah. to that Shaft, and but that Shaft they've just a decided to, to call it Shaft, Shaft again. Correct. Yeah, because what else do you need? If we call Shafts back, it's like. You know, with the caveat that it doesn't need to make much, but I don't see Child's Play breaking out that well. <laughs> with Annabelle coming out the next week. Is that... Oh, it's MGM, right? Yeah. Uh, is there a... MGM, Who's, whatever. who's distributing? Or is it still MGM? Is uh, it uh, higher up? In August releasing? Yeah. But I mean, I, how yeah. much did Child's Play co- cost? I, That's the thing. Probably it, has, yeah, it can't be much, especially against MGM. Yeah. Um, um, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, I, I don't think is yeah. going to do well. Because it looks terrible. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's not exactly like Jeb, but it's a very similar situation where you're, instead of making a somewhat faithful picture that at the very least appeals to the fan base, you're making something that's going to be disinteresting to 
you know, regular folks and completely identical <laughs> to what the fan base wants. So you're pleasing nobody. Well, I could be wrong. Could be terrific. Who knows? No, no, no. That that sounds like a perfect comparison, actually. <laughs> it's directed by James Bobbin too. Yeah, right? the, from uh, from the Muppets and uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, the film we, <laughs> Gosh, we put way not... too many eggs in the basket for. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> not a good sign. Um, the Muppets, I love. I, I will. I, I co-sign that film. The rest, the, well, I mean, the, the Muppets Most Wanted was okay, but uh, that Alice Through the Looking Glass was just death. Through the Looking Glass. Better than Alice in Wonderland. That's where I'm at. Yeah, pretty much. It's not a huge bad. bridge that it crossed, and it didn't cross it very far, but in my eyes, it's a better yeah. movie. Um, I think Playmobil is going to be I mean, Angry Birds 2. Angry Birds 2 deserves to fail. Deserves to fail. It'll still probably do fine, though, especially because it's like a, a new animated film for the first time in, since, what, June? Is there another... Or, no. Uh, looks like one secret life of pet. No, that's June. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be yeah. like the first animated film in the in like a month or two months. <laughs> the Lion King, which is technically animated. Well, the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, any other thoughts on the uh, on the summer gamble here? We got all our lists here and everything. It's less surefire than you'd think, just looking at the you know on paper. It seems I mean, like Avengers sure... will be huge. Mm-hmm. Lion King will be huge. Uh, Toy Story four will be huge. After that, we'll see. There's a lot of films that have potential to do very well, but I would say to a certain extent they're not guarantees. And that makes it fun for me. It makes it fun for all yeah. for all of us, especially. I mean, when we're not sweating it like I'll be yeah. doing most weeks of this summer, um, it is fun to kind of see how these things do. At the same time, if things go a certain way, there could be like six movies that make above $300 million, which yeah. is quite a bit. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Like Generally, you get... Like, Mark, you tend to say this, like, there's kind of a gap between, like, like yes. five and six. Like, it kind of just takes a giant hill at one mm-hmm. point, right? Well, that's what happened in 2016, where you had, you know, movies that made, you know, 325 and above, and then I think the Bourne, whatever, Jason Bourne that did, like, 160, and, like, nothing in between offhand. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that was a bad year. <laughs> I mean, it was a bad year in general, but, you know, for movies also. Um, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, the chips will lie where they may. Yeah. Uh, but but as we get there, we'll, we'll see what happens. And Avengers is going to kick that off for us uh, next week. Uh, yep. Which is, of course, what we're going to talk about next week. But until that point, let's start going over where we everybody can find more of your guys' work as we wrap this thing up. Uh, Mark Hoban, where can people find more of you online? Uh, you can read my personal reviews at fastfilmreviews.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Jose Cordova, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose D. Cordova. It's just my name. And you can find me occasionally at theyoungfolks.com. Scott Mendelson. Uh, I'm at Forbes. You can Google Forbes, Scott, the ticket booth, or some variation thereof. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Scott Mendelson. I'm on Facebook at Scott Mendelson. I'm on We Live Entertainment. All my written reviews go up over there. Also, everything I do ends up on the, yeah, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can have more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Walrusmoose. Hashtag Harold the Scarecrow is probably the scariest thing I've ever read in my life. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it on the theaters. That should be less than 240 characters. 
Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see what we can we can do with that. Uh, you can find all the other episodes about now third name on iTunes and Audioboom and Stitcher and all that. You know where our show we're, is. We're on the Google machine. We're on the Google machine. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter.com slash on underscore podcast. Facebook.com slash on podcast. Uh, Instagram follows there. Oh, yeah. We have our Instagram page now as well at, at out now underscore podcast, just like our Twitter. And with all that said, thank you, Scott, Jose, and Mark, for joining us for this summer gamble kickoff episode. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Always fun. For sure. And with all that said, that's going to do it. So we're going to reach the end game next week. But until then, so long. And goodbye. clues.